Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Um Actually Comics. My name is Tristan, and I am joined today by Bob. Yes. There he is. <laughs> uh, yet again, that is Bob. And uh, we're going to be talking about comics for Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Mm. That is the time. No more kayfabe. No, no more. You, uh, well, I just, I just actually, I found out. Here's, here's how shitty I am at my job. <laughs> I found out that uh, Marvel had changed their FOC to Tuesdays by looking at the boxes that were sent to me by Marvel. All right, they all, they all have a street date of May sixteenth. Well, I was like, oh shit. We've been proceeding like Marvel had an FOC had a street date of of like of Wednesdays. Yeah, but and I love this idea. I hope that DC does this again, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well we're going to come a day earlier." So now it's Mondays, and then Marvel meets them, and then they're like, "Well then it's Sundays," and then they finally get back to Wednesdays and just stop. Or they could just say, "Whenever you get them." <laughs> I know, it's just so stupid. I mean, a lot, I think a lot of. Some places get them like a week early and they just yeah, sell yeah. them then. I have heard this, but they certainly don't. That doesn't I mean, happen to I've, us. I've already seen scans uh, on websites of books that come out next week. Son of a bing bong. How dare they? No spoilers, though. Okay, fine. Uh, I did look at the spoiler, though. Why did you do that? Because I wanted to know if I was right. <laughs> That's the only reason. Uh, does it turn out that Spider-Man is amazing? Yes. Okay, were you right? I was. Oh, shit. I knew he was. All right. Okay. I knew well, he could do everything a spider can, and <laughs> I was right. Yep. He injected a venom that dissolved <laughs> the organs of moths and other small insects. Correct. And then slurped up the juice using his tiny mandibles. Yes. Also, he spins a web out of his... Out of his... Uh, whatever uh, that part of his segmented part of his body is. Abdomen. I abdomen, believe I believe yes. the thorax thorax is the center and the abdomen is the ass. Yeah. Uh, in a bug. I can't remember. I'm not 100% it's right. sure. It's been a long time since I've taken a school We're adults, type course. so we can get away with being dumb. Yeah. I, d I don't need this information. Because our profession is not bug person. Thank God my profession Welcome did not person turn podcast. out to be bug person. Uh, that is, that's good news. I mean, maybe you could have really set the bug world on fire. <laughs> yeah, fuck with, you, bugs. Take this. Your intuitive setting bug, you on fire. Bugness. <laughs> my bug knowledge. Now, my bugnacity. Bugnacity. I, I, Ooh, I'm I like bugnacious. It. All right, so uh, let's talk about comic books. There's a an absolute crap ton and there's a ton yeah. of brand new things and a ton of very exciting brand new things this week. Yeah, it's a big I'm, week for DC. It is a big week for DC and I think that meeting the challenge was Marvel as well I would with say. their big release this week. So we'll just get some of the other stuff out of the way. Even uh, a couple of their smaller releases. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. Everybody's raising the bar. Amazing Spider-Man, Zeb Wells. We've got uh, the trade paperback for volume four, The Dark Web. That's oh. some good comic books. Cool. And uh, our first book this week, our first new thing this week, is a thing called Arcade Kings Number 1 from Dylan Burnett. I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about this book. I know that it is massively expensive. It is an $8 comic book. Well, it's a square it bound. Is, it is like, basically a huge. Trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. Um, it's like ultra mega kind of in, yeah, its, yeah. in its size and scope. Um, I, I actually, also it has a picture of Strong Bad on the cover, so I, that I was into. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Um, I I I like it a lot. It's Dylan Burnett was uh, did 
mainstream work for uh, he was an x-force artist at one okay, point sure. uh, i think he did an ant-man series yeah um but this is creator owned and it is very much like if you don't really like video games you're probably not going to find a lot in this there's a lot of like finishing moves and like joysticks and things like that like but it's it's weird because it's like it's one of those things that kind of like doesn't make a lot of sense if you take it literally but um the main character is uh is cool and he's good at playing video games and also at fighting in real life and there's Mm. some really cool artwork in it and i liked it and the story was cute and fun and i dug it it was very like manga like i love that the lettering was like six 64 bit like yeah you know like cool battle toads it looked like you know kind of <laughs> like it i don't know i dug it i dug it i thought yeah. arcade kings was fun it's interesting okay so this character looks for all the world like the character strong bad i don't know strong bad okay from probably. Homestar runner uh, oh yeah early, yeah, yeah early internet comic i think everything but, is sort of referential in this and also uh, but also to be fair Strong Bad is also based on a character from uh, from tag team wrestling. I think one of the early Nintendo games, or maybe just wrestling, pro wrestling, whatever. Um, and he was one of the. I think he was one of the characters. So yeah, maybe that's why. Well, everything is like. I mean, it's like basically his dad is like a kind of almost like a Ken Ryu. Oh, okay. Oh, of course. But like, even like, sort of like. I mean, not. I don't know if I would say like Zangief, except for he has like. It's very Street Fighter. It's very nice. Street Fighter. I love that. I would say. Okay, cool. And uh, then it's basically like this. He's chosen to. If I were an editor for it, I might have said like maybe do a couple pages at the beginning that like really set the stage. But it's one of those things where it's like the artist is calling the shots, and yeah. so it's the art comic, and and you have to get through it to kind of put the pieces together as to what's going on. Um, but I, I really, d- I dug it and uh, I awesome. love the art style and we'll stick around for the next issue. Sweet. All right. That brings us to Marvel's big offering of the week. And for me, this was very exciting because as much as the, the, this is Avengers number one. And as much as Avengers has been crazy and interesting, it hasn't been the kind of thing that has kept me wanting to read an Avengers comic ongoing. It makes me want to pick it up and go, look at this fucking insane idea that Mm. Jason Aaron had. Right. That's great. But I'm not invested in the story because it was too blown out. It's like one of those things like trying to understand numbers in the millions. Right. Your right. brain can't can't comprehend it. And this he had gone so cosmic. There was literally a ghostwriter piloting an Eternal at one point. Right, and that was right. just it was such a big overblown version of what the Avengers is. Yeah. Like was, Galactus joined the Avengers yeah, yeah. in it. It gives was, you the sense of the scale. Was too big. Uh, and this is bringing it, uh, making it still cosmic level threats, but bringing it back down to earth. Uh, it's, I, I really love this. I love the choice of the team. You've got Scarlet Witch, Vision, Black Panther, uh, Captain Marvel, Iron Man. You've got, uh, Sam Cap and, uh, is that it? Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Panther. Who else did you say? Did you say Iron Man and Thor? Oh, and Thor. Yeah, yeah. And Thor. Yep. That's it. That's a great team. Yeah, it's, it's like a- all characters that I'm interested in. I'm really glad to have Vision back. That was very exciting. I love Vision on the Avengers. Yeah. Uh that's it's a character I can't get enough of as a team member of the Avengers. 
he presents a really interesting he has a he has a story arc to get through that is a bit of a real boy issue which is always the not not interesting story of of android type characters but it's it's an interesting twist on it because it's coming off the heels of judgment day which was everyone being presented with you know essentially the world is going to be judged by who you are and mm-hmm. you know blah 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 and nobody came to talk to vision and right. he's like oh am i do mm-hmm. i do i not exist essentially am i just a, yeah a meaningless construct and it's it's an interesting wrench to throw in i think jed mckay is probably even though i don't follow his books regularly i think yeah. he's probably the best like kind of continuity writer going at Marvel. Um, one of the things that I, he, th- this issue is like really establishing like his take. And so there's a yep. lot of like, kind of like meta stuff in it that I could have done without, but also it didn't bother me that it was there. Like, you know, here's what the Avengers sure, name means sure, sure. kind of stuff. Sure. But um, the only, my only thing about it is that literally every character on this team except Vision has their own comic book series. And I worry that that one of the things I like about the Avengers is when it's a mix of like your Cap, your Thor, your Iron Man who have their own comic and then your Hawkeye, your like whoever that doesn't have their own comic so that like you can have like the team dynamic. But like he understands, McKay himself understands that and um i think also like i don't know it it is really good i have a feeling that this avengers is going to be i feel like sam is going to play a very important part in this because of the way that he was set up right because uh i like the structure i understand i understand your feeling about the meta stuff i think it was very important to the narrative to add in all of these descriptions of why the character was chosen right and essentially he is the hawkeye for for one of the other series he's a human character who does not have the level of godlike powers who can be like listen we're not gods and we're not working for a country and we're not doing any of these things we want to make sure that we have a human being on this team that can keep us honest essentially mm-hmm. and that's that's basically sam wilson yeah it's good i i have a feeling i'll enjoy number two a little bit more yeah. than number one but i did like it and i did also like the art uh who's the artist um good question do 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 that would be cf vila uh, i thought it was good yeah no it was just, it was a good it was a good first issue and it was a good change of pace from what's Agreed. been going on with avengers and it does feel like a team book where people who know each other are hanging out and solving problems together exactly which and is good and i feel like also they just as one last observation i feel like they all have history with each other that has been unresolved i think it was very smart to choose the people that they did there there are interesting story parts between vision and scarlet witch at this point in their lives in the marvel universe that are interesting there's a lot between sam and black panther right now that is an interesting thing there's a lot between captain marvel and iron man that's a very interesting thing because she he is her sponsor uh in in aa and like it's it's just an interesting it's an interesting dynamic and they all do have parts to play with each other and i think it's really i think it's 
really smooth choice for a team. And they have also kind of Marvel in general, I don't know if it's an editorial thing, have like set up all of these characters that do have their own comics, have all been set up to be kind of like the top of their field. Yes. You know, they're the best at whatever it is they do. So it makes sense to have that. You know, whereas like the Bendis one was like, I'm going to put all of the most popular characters from Marvel onto the team because that makes sense, which did uh, very much make sense. Um, This is like these are the most powerful ones. And I think it's a yeah, it was good. And I like the structure of like cutting back and forth between the recruitment. I also really giant fight with. Yeah, uh, with Terminus, Terminus, which was cool to see. Like, that's what I like about (laughs) McKay is like he's read the comics, you know, so it feels like a Marvel comic. It doesn't just feel like I'm going to create new things, hoping that my IP becomes the next film thing. And I get like, you know, it's just like I I know there's new characters coming because I've read the press, but um, the. it, it was cool. I and and also the last thing I'll say is I really like the idea that the Avengers, as a as a whole, like every person who's an Avenger, gets to vote on who the new leader is, even if they're not like actively on the team. I yeah. was the sense I got because yeah. like at the beginning it was like Iron Man being like, well, the Avengers have voted and you're the to Captain Marvel, yeah, like yeah. you're the one. And I like the idea of this like nebulous like vote of just like like American Idol or something like that where they all just like okay we're gonna make this person number one yep that's cool I like that I think it's cool too uh all right Batgirls number 18 is out just fine just fine uh you know it's not just fine what? and maybe better than just fine what? would be Batman Superman world's finest number 15 it's so good <laughs> this comic is wonderful it's so good this comic has the challenges of the unknown the doom patrol uh all like it has so many like classic dc concepts yeah, in yeah. it metamorpho obviously is is huge so that's and huge ultramorpho is of course even huger yeah that's sort of a spoiler no, <laughs> it's also really. the cover, it's the cover. <laughs> uh but uh yeah awesome but it's great it is and uh another one one that surprised me and i would say that probably the best quality versus the worst cover uh, for this week would have to go to Batman the Brave and the Bold number one yeah uh, that cover is like ultimate Spider-Man levels of shit computer garbage <laughs> that Simone DeMeo is very popular now yeah I know be- and you know what I else- like the B cover you know what else is popular vaping you know what else is popular <laughs> fucking <laughs> I don't hate it like you do uh, that said um, I'm 50-50 with this like the stuff I liked I really liked but um Honestly, like why it has to be called Batman the Brave and the Bold in itself bothers me. It's the Brave and the Bold. It's got like yeah. a, it's got a Javier Rodriguez Superman comic in the back. Like I mean, has it, nothing to do with this, Batman. But this is exactly what I would want uh, because basically the edict at, at DC Comics is seventy five percent Batman comics. And so if I'm going to get a Batman comic, I want it to be one without Batman in it. So well, this perfect. one, it's you've got your like j- <laughs> boilerplate, like Tom King, which the, it has great art. So whatever. But like Tom King, like redoing the first yeah, Joker yeah. story snooze. And then like I thought that one was pretty good. I mean, you know, the story, it's got good. No, no, art. Oh, 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 the second story. I meant the first story with the little girl. That's the Joker. One, well, I it? mean, I guess the. If you want to call those a single or a single story, I was thinking of those as two separate stories, but maybe I'm wrong. I guess I'm confused. I feel like his story that he's telling to her on the bench and then it just kind of ends. Oh, uh, yeah, it's all the same. Oh, it's all story. the same story. He's like basically redoing the first. Uh, I liked that quite a bit. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I for what know. it is, I like again, the art. I would, uh, if I could wave a magic wand and say that DC is no longer allowed to use the Joker for anything, <laughs> I would wave that motherfucker yeah. all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about this stupid fucking character. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Well, the thing that gets me for this one, that like I was, I would be on the fence, and if it was just another retelling of the first Joker story, I would probably pass it up. But that, um, the Superman story, that in Superman it is, story is so good, bananas good. And then also, I kind of dug the Stormwatch story. That like I like really that they're too. doing Stormwatch with DC yeah, yeah. characters, and you got like some some interesting like i don't know it's fine and uh it it's way more dc i should sit up a little bit um it's way more dc than wildstorm but it's cool and then there was like a black and white with art by dan mora which yeah, i like and that's it's just an art comic so yeah it's like it's cool but yeah um you know good stuff not like vital but like enjoyable yeah yeah uh we got uh sean came back from his european vacation Holiday no, and uh, yes, and so he's uh, he signed all this shiz. So we got all of our signed Generation Jokers in finally. Nice, uh, and he had a lovely time away in Europe, Excellent. even though he was uh, he had <laughs> unbelievable food poisoning. He was like, Oof. and then I went to this uh, French Korean fusion restaurant, and they had this dish called a room temperature egg or something that was just like i feel like you could have seen this coming dude <laughs> like, it was like it was it's supposed to be a delicacy that they keep it at 64 degrees so that it's not like <laughs> i was like i definitely would have that would have been a pass for me dog but uh that's okay i liked uh, his post about how to be nice when you're talking to fans that was really good was yeah nice yeah post. that was really nice and other than that, he had a blast. Uh, Colleen came out and met him, and they all they had a nice little vacation in in uh, Ville de France. Well, they yeah, I think I think he she met him in Nice, and then they took the train and they nice. went to Italy, and Ooh. it was fancy pantsy all the way. Sounds and he was just cool. talking about how weird it is that like in France he gets treated. I mean, if you saw any of his posts, he gets treated like a fucking rock star yeah they like they were like oh would you like to come to the world's most famous racetrack and drive <laughs> a drive a custom porsche around it yeah and he was like yeah i would like to do that <laughs> as a car guy yeah of course he would yeah totally. so that was pretty fun i'm i'm yeah. stoked for him europe knows europe knows how to they value comics like we talked exactly. about last week. We, they value comics differently, and it's cool. way differently. Uh, we got Bloodline, Daughter of Blade, number four. Ooh, ooh. Uh, we've got Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, twelve. Sentinel in the it up. Yes, we have a trade paperback for Captain Marvel, Volume Nine, Revenge of the Brood, Part One. This is a great, great Captain Marvel arc, and this was a really yeah. fun story. I like how it ended. Yes. And there's a ridiculous spoiler right on the cover, but that's okay, whatever. Lame. It's literally uh, Rogue fighting Captain Marvel as a brood, and it's like, that was like a big fucking reveal from the story. Mm. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, Catwoman 55 is out. It's good. I love that Dan Panosian uh, air variant cover on that. Mm. Very cool cover. Oh, yeah, that is fancy. Oh, my God, so many cats. Meow. Yeah, they're all so, meowing, too. So much meowing. Only Catwoman is purring. The rest of them, all meowing. <laughs> 
Uh, Critical Role, The Mighty Nine Origins, hardcover, Molly Mock, Tea Leaf. I don't know it. I'm t- Those I'm, are just like random words. I'm just <laughs> saying words. I'm, I, don't, I don't know what comics are coming out this week. I'm just literally <laughs> like jamming you, words together. It's like you have like a, a board game that has words on dice and you're just rolling them. Exactly. It's a critical role. Exactly. I'm doing, I'm doing magnetic poetry for this. Uh, cyborg number one of six because we aren't allowed to have an ongoing cyborg series. Well, I think it's actually smart that DC is doing these things as as um, limited series first because you know, like you're not like buying into yeah, yeah. an ongoing series that's just going to get canceled. Like they're making sure there's an audience yep. for it. I think this was a very strong first issue. I really dug it. That's cool. Um, uh, I like really it. liked it. Also, uh, the guy who drew it, Tom Rainey, has been around for decades and decades and decades, mm. but his style is like sort of evolved like i wonder if he's like worked in animation or if he's just trying oh, out a different style but it's got like a like a different almost like a cully hamner kind of huh. style to it that i really dug um and i i very much enjoyed cyborg number one nice yeah this uh, i was really skeptical about this one i wish i had checked it out because i i saw that the the writer was like basically completely untested i think it's somebody who uh maybe they have like a like a they have program a com- they have now. a comics blog yeah that they write and that was like their one thing uh, and then they did one well no th- but i think they might have done the dc like uh like we put you through dc what? academy like they have like a like a uh, like a training program basically I for was writers unaware of that yeah they they publicize it inside the DC comics, which makes sense that you might not have seen those. Yes. I do not pay attention to anything. What don't yeah. got pictures on it. <laughs> I think it did have pictures. Oh, well then maybe I just ignored it. I think you did. Uh, Danny catch ghost Rider Number one written by Howard Mackey. Uh, yeah. Uh, feels like a ghost Rider comic to me. It feels a lot more like a ghost Rider comic than any ghost Rider comic I've read in the last 10 years, to be yes. honest. Like if you were a fan of ghost Rider comics in the nineties, this is your book. I yeah. I didn't find it to be breaking any ground. No. But if you were in the mood for a Ghost Rider comic, this is a great Ghost Rider comic. It's just like, it's it's what you want. It's got all the right characters. They kind of do all the right moves. I liked it a lot. And yeah. they're kind of going into the mythology of one of the strangely most underserved things of the Danny Ketch era, which is that weird medallion that's on his bike. Hmm. that gives him his ghost rider thing because he accidentally touched some sort of cursed medallion and got the ghost rider thing as opposed to johnny blaze who signed a contract with the devil this is just like oh hey look i found a penny and i picked it up oh shit i'm ghost rider (laughs) and it's gonna go into that a little more and it also seems to be on the on the path of choosing a new ghost rider which hmm. I certainly was hoping that the new Ghost Rider was going to be that Native American Ghost Rider that they had set up before, who was she was the Sorceress Supreme in that. I personally wished it was still the the old one from the Jason Aaron run that was Rodan a Mammoth. Like, I, that's I mean, my favorite recent Ghost Rider. <laughs> my my favorite is, just showed up in the present. My day. favorite is I can't remember what they're called, but Smokey and the Bear or something like that. It's uh, it's one big dude and one little dude, and they drive a Mack truck, and the two of Ooh. them together are Ghost Rider. Nice. Uh, yeah, that cool. was awesome. That was another Jason Aaron. Uh, I liked that. 
Yeah. But yeah, no, this is great. I also really like the Jason Aaron Ghost Rider where it was like blaze and catch, but one was blue and one was red. Yes. And I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot. That's going way back, though. Oh, and also, if you are excited about 90s stuff, just to really n- nail it home, there is a variant cover by Mark Texiera. Ooh. So wow. that's, a, that's a real throwback. Howard Mackey, Mark Texiera. What is it? 1992? Exactly. We're really bringing it back to, to where it all began. And I think, that's, I think it was smart for them to do that because that is the feel of this book is kind of going back to basics with the Ghost Rider concept. Fun fact. One time I was at a comic book convention and Mark Texiera literally took a comic book that I was about to buy out of my hands and purchased it what an asshole <laughs> i was like what the fuck dude like i literally was like it was a bunch of treasury editions like so it was like so, i mean it was they had lots of copies of it yeah yeah i can't remember which one it was but it was it was him and i was like That's flipping so through this thing and about weird. to grab one and he just like reached over and grabbed it and he was like i'll take this and i was like okay and then i figured out through context clues that he was mark texier and i was just like all right well i guess you get that one motherfucker what the hell <laughs> it was man. a wizard world convention in boston that's the weirdest thing i've ever heard i don't like conventions very much personally same uh and i'm considering going to new york this year Ooh, Ooh. like to, to as a exhibitor no god uh, no just to go dear god no just to go when is it is it october this year or something like that can i come sure all right i want to yeah. um i'll have to put i'll have to figure it out you are technically an employee i'll put you on the thing Ooh. Uh, let's see. We got Dark Ride, number six. I didn't read it. I didn't read it either. We've got Dark Spaces, Good Deeds, number one. Oh, is that that Scott Snyder thing? That is that Scott Snyder thing. It's an IDW book, and it smells like a new sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. Nice. Uh, it looks fine. The art's good in it. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. It's got a cow on it, so I was worried that it had dead animals in it, so I was cautious with my reading because I don't like to read about dead animals. It's pretty bloody. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Smells like a new sneaker. Disney villains Maleficent. Also smells like a new sneaker. Yes, that's because it's made entirely of oh, new sneakers. No, that's a dynamite book. It doesn't smell in the same way. It might. It probably smells, but not in the same way. It smells I due just, to I, content. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bert. Anyway, uh, Earth Divers number seven is out. Cool. So is Elvira in Monsterland. Continues to be far better than you would ever expect an Elvira comic to be. At this point, I actually expect them to be good. Exactly. Yeah, chock full of puppets this time. Yeah. Well, there's one page of puppets. Well, please. But it's a but it's a famous puppet a who's actually in it. Number of puppets, and Elvira is a puppet. Elvira is a crank yanker style puppet. She is definitely a crank yanker. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh. Also, there's a Dracula puppet. Also, Count Von Count is in it. Dracula. Spoiler, Count Von Count is in it. As Count Von Count, it blew my socks off. It's crazy. That is really weird. It is weird. Uh, Fantastic Four number seven is out, a comic that I can't believe I didn't read. It's number 700, Legacy, and they fight Doctor Doom in it for the first time in this new run. Nice. Cool stuff. Uh, We've got Flash 799. I like it. Granny goodness. I like it. It's sad that this run is ending, but such are such is life. It really is. And he's the same guy's doing a he's doing a Green Lantern and he's also gonna do a Jay Garrick miniseries. I read oh about. weird. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh Flash Fastest Man Alive trade paperback is out. Sounds um, cool. 
Uh, yeah, it's the prequel to the. It's the official movie tie-in. Sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to this movie. I noticed I that. Uh, I don't I'm care up, I, how honestly, many people Ezra Miller murders. I can fucking he can kill a whole town full of people. I'll still see this movie. I will see this. In t- I'm entirely excited about it because Michael Keaton is in it as Batman. Yeah, yeah. That is like 99, 99 million percent exactly. the reason I'm excited. You for and it. everybody else. And but, also, also I watched the trailer and I saw what jumped onto his plane and I was like, oh fuck you, we're doing this. Uh, maybe I didn't watch the trailer closely enough. I don't know. I maybe I made it up in my mind, but it looked like fucking Gorilla Grodd to me. Oh, cool. Nice. And All I right. was like, okay, yes. Yeah, that's cool. If this I'd is be a Gorilla, Gorilla Grodd, Grodd story, I am in Yeah, I honestly I think it'll probably be fun. It's uh I did notice that Ezra Miller is like not doing press for it. And uh, he's also not in the trailers. He's like barely in the yeah, trailers. Yeah. Yeah. It's just basically I mean all... it's basically Flashpoint, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's basically like Flashpoint, but yeah. like I don't know. It's cool. It's like it's Flashpoint only uh, the context is the movies. Right. Which is great. Yeah. Well, they have it's to change everything so that they can get they, otherwise they don't get original story. If they just nice. adapt something straightforward, then the person who to they adapt gets the money. Yep. That's how it works. Ugh. Uh flawed trade paperback is out. Right on. Frank Miller's Pandora number 5 is out. And how. And for all of those people who have been waiting their whole lives for this manga that has disappeared from the world and is selling for like $400 for these three trades. If you look on like Mercari and whatever, this is like one of those disappeared sexy mangas of the past. It is a thing called Frankenfran. And we have all three volumes of it Ooh. back in stock. All right. I mean, we've never had it before, but it is a uh, in stock. Yes, it is a very. I mean, it's not like it's not like hentai or anything. It's just kind of a sexy, sexy kind of thing. But it's wow. also super weird. The covers make it look like it's just a porn comic. One hundred percent is not, from what I've seen. Hmm. Uh, you know, I skimmed for it, looked through it, looking for porn, and like, I couldn't find any. Porn? And I threw now it. you're disappointed. I was like, threw it in the trash, and I was like, what the fuck did I buy this for? Uh, anyway, uh, we got your favorite book of the week. That would be Giant Cock Jew number two. Yes. You love this book so much. I did. I love it so much that I literally like didn't, didn't even see that it was on the shelf. I, didn't see I literally it didn't even see that it was on the shelf. Like when you just told me it was there, I was like, oh yeah, that thing. I remember that terrible thing. I'm not going to talk about it though because yeah, sure. I don't want to be negative. Exactly. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy number two instead. It's cool. Continuing this fun Wild West. Yeah. This would be a event. book that like if I was like looking for extra stuff to bring home, I'd have brought home. But yeah, because yeah. there was so much stuff this week, I didn't. There is so much stuff this week. But it, it's good, and the art's good, and the story looks cool. Stuff like Gunslinger Spawn number 20, which, of course, you brought home. Of course. Several copies. And the, spa- the Gunslinger Spawn trade paperback volume two, of course. Twelve copies. And, of course, uh, Hexwire number six, of course, you got. Yes, I do love that cyber witchy comic. <laughs> you know, this the, uh, Tim Seeley and cyberpunk witch really seems like a concept that should work. Wait, Tim it, Seeley wrote that? Yeah, didn't he? Huh. Yeah, I think so. All right. And I, I just don't. It, I assumed it, that was one of those like art comics where the artist was no, like, "I just want to do this sexy witch comic," and they're like, "We like everybody likes your art, so here." You do right, it. right. Like everything Mirka Andolfo does. Yes, <laughs> sexy pigs, go for it. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, House of Slaughter number fifteen is out. Nice. Uh, and the Hulk Annual number one, which I think bears some some talking. Yeah. 
Uh, this was a fun, like, this was done in sort of a, it was like a clover field. You, we're following yeah. we're following a film crew that has a found footage kind of thing. It's I I'm sure this has been done before in comics, but oh god, scared the shit out of motorcycle me. Motorcycle exploded outside. I thought someone was trying to get inside. <laughs> I literally was like, you oh see, my god, I have my like back turned to whoever's about bee. to <laughs> smash their way into the fucking store after there's it's someone riding a giant cyber bee trying to get. I into the I mean, someone got shot last week during our podcast. Sure, I mean not in the store, but. It happened. Yes, that is true. Like twenty ha- feet away it, from it here, it happened on on this block, on this very block hey, during the time we. Sh- and yeah. and within a year of that, someone was shot on my doorstep what? down Parkside. So that's fun. Jesus. Yeah, it's getting fun in Portland. It's crazy. This, People are desperate. Everybody likes the best way to deal with that is to make things more expensive. Yes, yes. Portland's really figured it out. Portland has figured it all out. <laughs> You're going to drive that element right yes. out by making it People, too expensive. Uh, people to are live. doing a lot more drugs and and are hurting each other a lot more. Let's make things more expensive. Perfect. That's the smartest way to handle that situation. <laughs> it seems to be what everyone is doing. Anyway, Hulk Everywhere. Annual number okay. one. Hulk Annual number one. Found the, footage story. It is a found footage story done in a Cloverfield style. It's The Hulk is essentially your big monster. He's fighting another big monster. It's great. I really enjoyed the story, but the most important thing, the most important takeaway from this is the lead up that this includes to the new Hulk series, yep. which puts Hulk back on a Peter David style Hulk path. I would actually even say it like puts it more on a Bruce like Jones. Br- uh, Bill Bixby style path. Yeah, totally. Which is uh, which I think is the Bruce Jones. Yeah, very much. Of, very like, much. It feels like that era was yeah. like really trading on the Bill Bixby stuff, which I fucking yeah. love. Hulk equals monster equals outsider equals, equals you know like you know weekly story where Doctor he helps Jekyll, Mister Hyde, crossed with Frankenstein. You know, I don't know. Some of these things, it's like these high concept things that people do with stuff, and I'm. I'm just like, just like why, like Venom, like he he wants to eat Spider-Man's brains, like, and that's a what fun else story. does Venom need to do, like, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and this is, and this really does, this brings it back because I mean, I loved, I loved the uh, the Immortal Hulk run. Yeah. I thought that was genius, but it only could go for so long. Like anything else, like that, like oh. any Donny Cates concept, it's like that needed to stop eventually. But here's the thing, they are pitching this i've read interviews with the creative the new creative team and they are absolutely pitching it as a continuation where it's like they acknowledge what happened before but take it in a different direction oh cool i do think that the writer is good enough to do that and the artist is a very good artist yeah yeah that would be that would be wonderful i mean i especially like the idea that it would be taken in i mean because during that series, the Hulk was a monster, and he has gotten less monstrous as time has gone on. Yeah. So even though the concepts that were introduced are there, he has, you know, he went through therapy in that series and kind yeah. of battled his inner demons quite literally yeah. in <laughs> in an actual hell that lived in his own brain. Yeah. So we we got through that kind of meta shit. Yeah. But I but definitely the building blocks of that series are still there to play with. So But this Hulk annual has the first uh pages by that creative team uh yeah. and it does do a little kind of like prequel like when the trade comes out it'll be like the first little bit of the trade and yeah. I thought it was cool uh and the story that led into it was a a, a different ish take on the Hulk that yeah. was pretty cool. Yep, I enjoyed it. Uh 
Ice Cream Man number 35 is out. I haven't read it. Well, if you had, you'd be satisfied. Oh, good. Um, it looks like it's done like a monster book. I didn't look at it. Oh. I'm sorry. It's a, I mean, Ice Cream Am Man. Am I fired? Is, Ice Cream Man is great. Whatever. No, I do like it. Uh, I don't read it, but I like it. We've got uh, the fifth omnibus of the Peter David Incredible Hulk run. Wow. Speaking of therapy and the Hulk. Yes. And uh, we also have Iron Man Epic Collection, The Crossing. Yet another one of those. Oh, man. That's like one of the most hated Iron Man stories. Sure is. I was just going to say, this is yet another one of those like. It's like sort of an Avengers comic. Yeah, but weirdly, this somehow it. Yeah, so Avengers The Crossing absolutely is an Avengers series. But this also, I think, has the Demon in a Bottle storyline as well. So I'll be right back. I think. I mean, it's it's got Iron Man 319 through 324, and maybe my brain just isn't functioning on all cylinders, but... Uh, there's I feel on like the cover. There. There's uh, I, Iron Man staring at a bottle of old goat. <laughs> of course, there uh, is, uh, and so at least it has some of his old drunkenness. Um, we've got <laughs> uh, as Bob runs over to grab coffee <laughs> at well, at was, nine o'clock at night, dude. I, you're never gonna sleep. I, while I was up, yeah. There you go. I was gonna make sure I don't forget my thermos. True, and we've got. Cayman Rider Kuga graphic novel volume three out this week, which is super cool. Sorry about my chair noises. Oh man, I'm making chair noises all over the place. This thing is squeaky as hail. Um, we've got, uh, we have a backstock of brand new figures that I pulled out of our storage space. Literally broke open oh, a yeah. brand new case of Kenner uh, alien resurrection figures. Nice. So we have all five of the original ones that Kenner released to go along with the movie. Uh, and they're sweet. They're really like, they're great, you know, for the time of their time, nineties action figures. I really dig them. So, and these are, like I said, they're case fresh from the nineties. So that's pretty suit pretty sweet i think we still have one case left sitting in that sitting in our space nice somewhere <laughs> like everything in that space it's just like you walk in there and it's like raiders of the lost ark uh so this iron man does have avengers the crossing in it yes oh we also have la last barbarian number four which is a comic that i don't read la la, la last la, barbarian la 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 lemons la 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 last <laughs> barbarian <laughs> Little Monsters, la la la, Little Monsters number 13 is out. Masters of the Universe, Masterverse number four of four is out. Yes. A, this is, again, if you want to read something of this nature, Tim Seeley is obsessed with Masters of the Universe and he can write the hell out of a Masters story. And he is well versed with all of the inner workings of that world. So that's pretty cool. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 108 is out. Uh, we got Miles Morales, number six, finally meeting Carnage, which is weird, but like the 616 Carnage. Finally. I mean, we've all waited for this moment because if you read the original series, Carnage was a real problem oh. in his original, unlike, oh. uh, unlike Venom, who was hilarious in the original series, if you remember that properly. 
Mm, that he, his his interaction with Venom in the original series, big spoiler for the first arc of uh, of uh, Miles Morales, way back in the old days. But uh, basically, Venom is this massive hulking monster. He's like the size of the Hulk. He's about the size of a mini bus. He's enormous, and he shows up, and Miles is like absolutely terrified. Jumps on his back, does the sting. And his the Venom symbiote reacts to the sting and explodes. And that's the end of Venom in that universe. <laughs> nice. That was one nice thing about the Ultimate Universe, which apparently <laughs> is coming back, uh, was the the weird consequences that could happen for things. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a really amazing little moment. I don't know if they ever brought him back after that explosion. I can't remember, but I remember reading that and being like, Well, that was like that was a really truly bizarre moment in a superhero comic where it's just like it, it felt very much like that moment that invincible beats that guy to death by accident in like the first arc of invincible yeah. where he punches him in the face and his head explodes and he's like he said he was inv- invulnerable <laughs> <laughs> uh great stuff we have a really interesting one out this week. This is a cool thing. Uh, Miss Truesdale and the Fall of Hyperborea. Yeah. I, you know, the only thing I would say, having read this, is that I might have titled it differently. <laughs> no shit. It's, it's interesting because it's Miss Truesdale telling the story of yes. the fall of Hyperborea. So Ms. Truesdale is this character, this is all in the universe of Hellboy, and she is in the 18, late 1800s, and she is telling someone about the story of the fall of Hyperborea, but it's basically Mike Mignola doing a Red Sonia. Yes. Uh, and it's badass, and the art by um, Jesse Lonergan, who is a fantastic, I can't remember the Instagram handle there, but... Oh, um, yeah. But a uh, really, really great artist, yes. um, and I love Doing this. an interesting version of their style for this. Yeah, doing yeah. A, doing a weird, like, Mignola-verse mashup of their style and Mike Mignola, which I thought was really cool. It's it's way less, like, graphically inventive than uh, than some of the yeah. stuff that they did in Hydra, and the, I don't, they haven't done a lot of straightforward comic work, but they did a magazine, magazine-sized book. Uh, I don't know why I keep saying they. I assume it's a he, but... Um, I guess I shouldn't assume that was, but anyway, it'll make an um, ass out of you and me. Right. That's true. Um, I I mean, it looks like their, it looks like their Instagram handle is literally just Jesse dot Lonergan. Yeah. um, Which is interesting. And I, it's weird because I follow them on Instagram and I do not see any of their stuff. Like it just does not come through and they're doing a bunch of super fucking cool stuff right now. Nice. Ugh. Oh my god, I love their style. It's yeah. so weird. I I'm not going to lie, I would have liked it if they just had thrown caution to the wind and just done their style, period, because I like their style as it is. But this was interesting as well. So, yeah, a cool, a cool a, it thing. was a cool book and yeah, it basically yeah. reads like uh like a Red Sonia comic yep. where she isn't just like a pinup model like yeah, fighting yeah whatever especially due to the style of art that right, this person right. does it's it's never sexualized in any way yeah it's definitely not it's but more she like does still have the exact same red sonia outfit which i think is funny i think it is pretty clearly supposed to be oh, like, a, like a red sonia style but it's like it's cool because it's like like if they did a red sonia book i'd be all about it like yeah oh super absolutely cool. i think 
I think that would be the secret is that you could keep that iconic Marvel look, but as long as you have an artist who isn't a Greg Land type mm. drawing it, then you're not going to sexualize it just by virtue of the fact that everyone's going to look like a hobbit. <laughs> you know, like in this, yeah. everyone looks like a hobbit. Sure. Um, and I think that's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mosley number four is a thing. No one number three is out. Who is no one? I don't know. I really, honest to God, don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. I missed the first one, so I don't know anything about this book. It was one of those weeks where I was like totally up against it and did not read anything, unfortunately. So I am sadly behind on this one. Mm. Uh, but what I'm not behind on is Planet of the Apes. And I just want to yet again come forward and say that this is one of my favorite current comic books, period. End yeah. of sentence. It was good. I really I liked it. love this book. It hits me so hard. There's like, there's the, it never gets to the point where you're like overly, it's not like the depressing death of animals kind of storyline. Like it's not right. a Wii 3 yet and it doesn't feel like it's going to go there. It, there's still enough triumph in the victories of the apes in these stories that the villains, the villainous humans and the are, I don't know. It sets stakes very high I like because they're doing terrible shit. Right. But I also really liked the sort of camaraderie that exists yes. between the apes and the humans yes. in it. That was a neat. Uh, it's a it's a super important part of this that makes me really happy yeah. is that there are people who aren't scumbags in this. Right. And that made it super, super like it just it made it much more enjoyable to, to read. And there is another thing about this that I find interesting, which is that on the cover of this, not inside, there is an AIM scientist. And I was like, oh, that is a Marvel character in this Planet of the Apes comic. That is, is an someone interesting... who just doesn't know how to draw a hazmat suit. Uh, no, they drew a they drew an AIM beekeeper suit with the filter and the tube and the huh. big helmet and the eye slits. It is an AIM scientist who is one of the baddies in this comic. So I think that's an interesting thing. I would not personally, I would not be opposed to them bringing Marvel stuff into this. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. In this the same way that Godzilla worked in Marvel or Red, yeah, sure, Red Ronin sure. or whatever. I mean, <laughs> after reading X-Men this week, I'm wondering if they're not bringing planet of the apes into X-Men, but uh, that's a whole other story. Sure. Yeah. That's that interesting. Was, that was a big, like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway, again my my favorite book, like really probably my favorite book going on right now. Nice. Uh okay. I thought it was good. Predator 3 is out. I also enjoy this run of Predator. This is an interesting take. It's different. Uh you you finally for the first time really have a human who is outmatching predators kind of at every move, which is a a really strong dynamic that has never happened before. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, you've never seen anybody who could stand toe to toe with multiple predators. That is pretty cool, and that's I, that's kind of a cool thing. I fl I flipped. Uh, I liked the mo the monkeys comic better a little bit. The Planet of the Apes comic. Yes, the Predator uh, looks fine. It's Predator's cool. fine. Uh, green of uh, Green Goblin. I just wanted to say Green Goblin, but it is Red Goblin number four. He's Red Goblin. Just he's gob gob gobbling around. You know. 
<laughs> exactly. We've also got Ed Piscor's Red Room Crypto Killers number one. And I feel like the name of this really is revealing the juggalo nature of this particular comic a little too obviously. Yeah. This is not for me, is all I can say whenever there's an Ed Piscor comic out now. I, I mean, I will 100% back that up. I It is not for me either. I did not enjoy this. Uh, I like his artwork. I like his choice of like he's he's a great artist and I like horror things and this is not my kind of thing. This is I mean, uh, I've used the term juggalo as a de facto for like just hateful murder without purpose, but it is kind of that thing. It's just it's like a torture porn yeah. aesthetic it's it's i think jugglers are cooler than this jugglers are cooler than this i would agree with you and again i i've run into a problem with this because it also is you know defaming jugglers basically equates <laughs> to defaming a, an entire class and it's like yeah it's like saying poor people suck and it's like no jugglers all are kind of awesome people to each other and all that it's just uh it's a bad it's a bad metaphor for what i'm looking for I just feel like uh, Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope, their version of you know what? How about I switch it to Glenn Danzig? It's what Glenn Danzig would think of as something cool, uh, so that I really bring it down to my own personal loves. Uh, Danzig has a problem with this kind of thing himself. Yeah, even I though can see that if you've ever seen Verotic or whatever his movie sure. was. Oh no! I haven't no, seen not movie. the comic. Uh, it's well, it's more like the comics. Verotic was like I don't know, made like an after-school special. It's like <laughs> could have aired on ABC. It was like I don't even think anybody swore in this movie. What is going on? Weird. This movie is very light. <laughs> like huh. I would have expected him to go full ridiculous on it, and it really was not. Yeah, I need to see his spaghetti western. I, I read a really cool uh, interview with him in a book that a friend of mine edited. Um, that had an interview with him uh, and he talked about how when he was a kid some family member worked at a printing pr- printing press and they would get like free comic books like oh like wow. not even like took covers torn just like they'd be like here's yeah, these yeah. comics and like so his uh but he was a dc guy and i thought that was really interesting that is interesting yeah, he's not a marvel guy at all he's a dc guy what well interesting <laughs> I mean, when he came into the store, he was looking for Severin stuff. Okay, yeah. That was his. That was what he was looking for. He was looking for Severin Fantastic Four. Severin? Was it Severin? No. Uh, who was the... No, uh, not Severin. Fuck. Come on, brain. Get it together. Uh, burn that... that. God, I... S- Name name the seventies comic artist who was on the Fantastic Four. My brain. John Buscema was on it after Kirby, and then no. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, then I don't know. Kind of a bunch of like no names, and then Perez was on it for a little bit. John Byrne. Oh, you were just trying to think of John. I Byrne? was trying to think of. Uh, I'm sorry. I had I had tip of the tongue <laughs> phenomena going wow. on, and he I was just... looking for John Byrne stuff specifically. John yeah. Byrne stuff. Yeah. Okay. Not sure why. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that was what he was looking for in the store. Nice. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. We got the roadie trade paperback. This is a fun one. Yeah, that was fun. This I liked is, it. This was much better than it should have been. This was actually one of the first things in this, like, 
redemption arc for uh for dark horse like it was the one of the first ones where i was like well this was a solid book that should have been an image book okay interesting and then like they just kept releasing books that were better than image books and i was like oh no dark horse is taking a real is really eating images dinner at this point like they've got you're gonna say another word that started with d uh, they're <laughs> really eating images D. <laughs> um, but no, it's they're doing such great stuff, and I think yeah. this is a great book. It was, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And speaking of other companies eating images dinner, that would be uh, Boom Studios and mm. Seasons Have Teeth. Yeah, that is another thing that five years ago would have been an image book, and Boom would never have had a chance at putting this out. But uh, it's a great book, and I really enjoy it. Nice. And another book that I really enjoy is She-Hulk. Yeah. She-Hulk number 13. This was a great issue. Not a huge fan of this artist, but that's okay. Well, the the art kind of changes within it. I think it's like a couple different artists doing it. Um, well, but you know the, the artist style, I'm talking about, the one that looks like a coloring book artist. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's like a very simple line person who I think maybe colored differently would be a be better but yeah i mean i think a lot of this stuff would look better on newsprint but we all know how i feel about that well um, i think this literally like colors i newsprint. disagree with you on a lot of things this particular artist was meant for newsprint he's definitely of that school he's got a silver age kind of thing going on and i like again it's great art i didn't like it for this book in particular but uh you know it has the best art of anything that would, of course, be She Ban Ban Super Cute Doggies, the manga. That's right. It's a bunch of Shiba Inus just being adorable and <laughs> wacky and having adventures in a manga. It's huh. ridiculous. All right. <laughs> it's very fun. Uh, Shutter number 11 is out. Cool. Awesome. Uh, we got Snake Pit's Big Adventure. If you're a fan of Snake Pit, the, uh, the punk rock cartoonist. Did oh, cool. stuff for Razor Cake and stuff like that. Our nice. our pals at Razor Cake. And uh Sonic the Hedgehog number sixty is out. Das Hedgehog. Das Hedgehog. Uh Spider so okay. Not to bring the other podcast into this podcast, <laughs> but uh a spoiler alert for this podcast. Uh we're doing critters this month. Nice. All yeah, critters movies all month. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog is a crite. One thousand percent he <laughs> looks like a crate everything about him the spin dash move the thing where he goes that thing huh the critters did it first huh and the same noise happens i actually went in and looked because i was like wait well i mean the sonic technically came out the same year you couldn't spin dash in sonic one you could only do it in part two so literally the the spin dash thing that they're doing in critters three where they like roll up and then take off which was a game feature in sonic 2 happened in critters first they look like sonic the hedgehog they move the same way they roll sonic Mm. is 100 percent based on a crate i a hundred percent believe this. Okay. So that is my that is my personal belief. Uh, if you can prove me wrong, do it. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, I there's have no somebody who saw that. I like and it. That was the that was the idea. So uh, I think the yet heck? another wonderful thing that Critters brought to the world. Also, three Academy Award nominees in the Critters franchise. Wow. 
I today I read speaking of films I read all about um the movie that was gonna come out before they turned it into E.T. <laughs> so like basically there was uh uh Spielberg was asked to do a sequel to Close Encounters yeah and he didn't want to but they had made a sequel to Jaws without his permission and he was like I'll be damned if I'm gonna let him do a sequel to this so he pitched this horror film called Night Skies which mm. I thought of because part of one one of the things that they say is like all these things that came out of the concept of Night Skies one of which was Critters but also Gremlins yeah um, which is basically a bunch of evil aliens show up to this farmhouse but there's one good alien and then at the end and his name's Buddy and uh, at the end of it Buddy gets left behind on Earth and Spielberg showed the script to Harrison Ford's girlfriend when they were shooting Raiders of the Lost Ark, who was a writer, and she ended up writing, being so affected by the end where the alien gets left behind that she rewrote it as E.T., which was originally called E.T. and Me, not to be confused Whoa. with Mac and Me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure the creators of Mac and Me had no idea that E.T. and Me was the original name of that script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just so, like I'm sure that they didn't know that Mac is also the name for a burger at the franchise that gave them most <laughs> of the money for that film. Totally. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but they, the there is like a point of, of basically just saying that like there's all these movies. Oh, and another movie that took elements of that uh, Night Skies film that didn't get made is Poltergeist. Amazing. The family trapped yeah. in the house, beset by evil things. So, but but basically, Gremlins. That's an entire genre of film, of according film. to uh, according to the Save the Cat version of screenwriting. Right? Yeah, totally. The, the monster in the house, which is Alien as well. Yeah. Right. And then the 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 threads continue even further in that uh, I read recently that the creator of the Gremlins accused them of ripping off his design for Grogu on The Mandalorian. Accused very rightly. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) It's just a fucking, it's a green gremlin, dude. It's a green gremlin. It's a green gremlin. There's no way around it. It is, totally. Like, they sued Furby. And they were like, okay, we'll move, we'll change it around a little bit. The ears will go here and we'll just kind of fix this. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, Grogu is just a fucking gremlin. Oh, and then also the uh, Rick, is it Rick Baker? Rick Baker. He did uh, apparently spent $700,000 of his own money to develop the alien. The reason I was Googling this whole thing was because I wanted to see the original concept designs of E.T. Because I was like, he's scary enough as a cute guy. I want to see what they look like when they were developing him. And then I came across these Rick Baker designs and he and Spielberg had this like massive, massive falling out over this Night Skies project because and that's why Rick Baker didn't do E.T., but someone else did. Wow. That's too bad. Um, actually comics. (laughs) (laughs) My wife actually bought me the Rick Baker. If you if you know anything about me, I used to do special effects makeup and I was, you know, very amateur, unfortunately. I never made it any further than the well, okay, I got paid for it, but I wasn't I was less professional than professional, let's say. Uh but she bought me Rick Baker's two volume just everything about his life book it's like a just it's the most amazing nice pile of stuff you've ever seen nice pretty cool guy 
Pretty cool. He's done some amazing shit. Uh, anyway, you know who else has done amazing shit? Spider-Man. In 2099, he met the Punisher when he was wearing a really dumb costume. <laughs> It's a different uh, Punisher. He just has bad <laughs> fashion taste. Yeah, it's real bad. Like, the skull now takes up, like, 90% of his body. He looks hilarious. Yeah, it's stupid. Oh, man, like, I'm sorry. Just to dub one more thing that I didn't say in that last part is, like, if you want a good read, read the Unrealized Steven Spielberg Projects page oh, wow. on Wikipedia. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Anyway, Hell yeah. sorry. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of Save the Cat, that was uh, one of Blake Harris, the guy that wrote Save the Cat. Uh, it was one of his biggest uh, failures. Was or he made a million dollars off it because there was a bidding war for it. Steven Spielberg bought it and never made it. It was a project called Nuclear Family huh. that was some sort of like after the apocalypse kind of like living in a bunker story. And it, nice. it was never developed. It's like a blacklist script or something. Yeah. But Well, this there's a whole page on Wikipedia of like things that he either was going to do and, and had to, to pull out from, things that he was developing that got turned down, and then things that like, I don't know, it's like separated into sections, but it's just nice. like there's so many things that were almost Steven Spielberg movies that it's just like, what? I mean, yeah. Shrek? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, we're talking about comics. Thanks. Anyway, yeah, uh, Star Trek number eight is out. Uh, Star Wars The Nameless Terror number four. Star Wars Bounty Hunters 34. Uh, Stranger Things Tales from Hawkins number two is out. Uh, and, oh, what? That's a great cover on that last one. That's There's some good Stranger Things covers. Anyway, uh, and uh, Superman number four. It's good. It's good. Superman is good. Guys, it's good. It's good. Uh, Silver Banshee. Yeah. One of my favorite Superman villains. Yeah. Well, there's a really great Silver Banshee twist at the end that I appreciate because it involves one of my favorite Superman characters who I won't maim because it would be a spoiler. Yes. But very uh, but, cool. But it is already, I think, spoiled. Uh, is it? I think one of the covers spoils it. Uh, but, you know. I only saw one of the covers That's myself. Fair. You only had one out. Uh, we've got the gimmick number three. Huh. File under T for the. <laughs> Apparently, uh, we also have the Mighty Thor hardcover oh. comic omnibus volume four. Ooh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, and another one of the big books this week, Titans number one. Could, uh, you know, other than the couple minor flibbity <laughs> flibs with the art that there I could have changed, there were some funny little flibbity um, flibs. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely out of knocked the park. Knocked it out of the park. It. It's exactly what DC it. should do in a Titans book, and very cool, and they fight. Yeah. Is it Titano or Titano? Titano. The giant ape, although yes. for some reason he's a cyborg in this, too. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't, I don't know before, what's going on with whatever. the cyborg ape. But I don't care. It doesn't matter. It made it okay that they beat the ever-living crap out of a giant ape. Right. Uh, and also, uh, to- old toilet head himself, <laughs> Peacemaker, shows up being a dick. Yes. Uh, and it's great. Yeah, it's, no, it's really good. It Very really strong is. first is issue. It. it was cool. A good Do week it. for Titans fans. Uh, Vampire Slayer, Buffy, number 14. Nice. We got Venom, number 19, the comic no one's reading. Mm. And Vigil, number one, another new We Are Legends title. Yes. This book is, first off, it's really good. Nice. Second off. I want to compliment it on a second thing that actually sounds like an insult at first, but essentially what they're doing is what is a lot of times an unachievable goal, which is to make 
a story of a hostage rescue interesting in a comic book hmm. like this like it is a it is such well trod ground the type of the type of story that they're writing for this book that like a diehard style <laughs> sure but it's essentially an extraction team it's kind of an action movie cliche that they're that they're pulling together here and to do it in a way that is clever and revealing of the its entire purpose is to show us who these characters are what their capabilities are hmm. and not feel like you're getting it jammed down your throat like exposition you use a like a nice flimsy premise we have these hostages but there are enough twists and enough interesting versions of what they're doing that it never feels like you've seen it before like it's essentially the scene from winter from the opening of winter soldier only with a a team that is different than the team that did it in winter soldier hmm. but it's the, uh, he is just such a masterful writer that he's made it feel fresh in nice. a way that i really enjoyed I was really interested in the types of powers that were given to these they characters. They do have cool powers. There's a lot of really interesting stuff with these with these folks. I want to see more of this. I am going to continue to read this book. I nice. like Ram V a lot, and cool. this book is really good. Maybe I'll return to it. Uh, Walking Dead number 63 is a comic book. And a book that you told me that you liked quite a bit, Witch Hat Altier, Alt at Adler. Atelier? At, at, Atelier? Oh, is it? Uh, Atelier? I always thought it was Witch Hat Atelier. I think you may be correct. You will probably not ever find a manga that has better art. It is very, very good. The layout, yeah. it's like, I, I've watched, like, like go to YouTube and watch YouTube videos about, the reason I discovered this manga was that I was very interested in page layout and panel layouts. There are entire, like, m multiple chapter videos breaking down what this artist does with panels. There are panels that, like, you can't even re really truly appreciate what they're doing yeah by reading it like you have to like it almost works better as a as a it's, as a as a screen on a on a computer in a yeah, way it's really um, beautiful but i mean it's, it, it's absolutely gorgeous it is very studio ghibli-esque very it much really but it's, also it's miyazaki yeah it's it's definitely influenced by miyazaki oh, absolutely 100 percent um but what i think is interesting that i did not know about this book is that like it, this flew under the radar for me personally but yet it was voted best of the year by AV Club, New York Public Library, The Nerdist, Sci-Fi Wire, and the Chicago Public Library. I believe it. All voted it the best graphic novel of the year. You know, I, 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 I've started to kind of break my, dip my feet in the manga pool somewhat. Yeah. And I love the, like, big dumb stuff and whatever. Yes. And, you know, there's good art and there's decent art and there's whatever. And a lot of manga is, like, actually not really fantastic art, yeah, but yeah. it's serviceable. This is, like... You almost want like a deluxe, like yeah, I yeah. want. Oh, I, I wanted this. You could blow this up to be like album size, like European album size, Agreed. and it would be like holy fuck! It is absolutely gorgeous, and there's like I think like eleven volumes of it or something like that yeah. thus far. But it's a cool story too. Um, Super cool. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So absolutely check that one out. Yeah. Uh, we've got Wonder Woman seven ninety nine. It's kind of a toss up. There's like there's 
it's a it's like each character is having like a short dream so it's like a in a leading up into this like next issue which is going to be a big anniversary issue they basically were like okay like how do we like give the artist a rest it's like terry dodson does the art in one of them and like there's some that are like one of them is like at a candy having a dream or whatever it's kind of a throwaway but if you're already collecting the series like i am um yeah then uh it's 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 fine there's a couple throwaways in it but whatever whatever uh we got x we got our last two books are both x books it is uh x force and x-men 22 yes and they are basically tied together at the hip and this is a crazy fucking story it i, I am the most negative x-men fan that right is now true. and both of these books blew my fucking socks off i agree like if this is indicative of what's to come oh. keep going because Holy specifically shit. x-force was fucking awesome Force was it was awesome absolutely nuts i loved x-men it was good as well i, I liked it and like i said there, i mean i probably spoiled the ending of this <laughs> this comic but it is fascinating that there's a weird possible planet of the apes tie into this thing oh uh, yeah i mean yeah. i'm sure i don't know not. that it really spoils anything boy, there's some characters in it that they're like who are these guys yeah yeah there's basically just like some new villains um but, and as ah. opposed to the free comic book day x-men comic where yes. a, a cyclops gets killed in like two panels and i'm just like what the fuck like what this guy's that? been alive for like se- se- 60 years and never dies but now like in this stupid comic like some <laughs> shit bird shows up and pushes him off a fucking roof and he dies i'm just like it's like everything i hate about what's going on in x-men but these comics are smart and fun and they have new concepts and the art's good and like the X-Force one is like a time travel story where like they're like projecting forward into the future about like this bullshit that's going on with the beast. And it's like in a way where everyone understands that what the beast is doing is fucking bad. Like just in story. Like I needed that so bad. Like it was before it was like basically just Wolverine. And then like professor X is like, eh, you know, I don't know. Eh." It's all in the service of mutant kind. And I'm like, it bought I figured it out too because like I know that I'm slavish you know venom eats spider-man's brains whatever blah blah blah. like you know it's like you've had 30 years of venom 40 years of venom comics like you have to do new things with them but like one of the things that you should not do and I realize that this is my problem with x-men is that you should not get away from the core concept of the x-men which is that professor xavier is a benevolent guy with a dream that humans and mutants can coexist and magneto is a guy who thinks that humans are inferior and therefore can be exterminated and that's why he's the bad guy and the current x-men comics have abandoned this completely and gone into the magneto territory i will i will i will agree with you but also i would say that it for me it's more xavier is martin luther king and yeah. And Magneto tends to be more Malcolm X. Sure, sure. Where it's it's less, uh, it's like violent ends as opposed to extermination. Right. They, they he still I like him when he's less the Genosha the genocide guy. Right. You know when he still understands that you Mag- know maybe Magneto, don't yeah. kill everybody. <laughs> but my basic thing I was thinking about it in terms of like nobody's doing a comic where Spider Man all of a sudden is like you know great power means i get what i want (laughs) you know it's like you don't 
there's a concept that goes they did, into like they making, literally did one of those well, stories, right but it was like a it different was, guy right it, they split him into two personalities and there was the loser and then there was the the happy guy yeah and it was like all of his powers and then all of his responsibilities got split into two people right or there was superior spider-man yes, where it was octopus too. or whatever but like point being like if y- y- it's what they have been doing Yes. is so foreign to like what makes the X-Men the X-Men to me that I like agree. it it's nice to read a comic where they're kind of figuring that shit out and these two I, comics were very very good what I would say is that also I, I love the anti-dazzler yes I also, <laughs> also it's a lizard man for some reason <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you're saying I think for me the problem is how long they've been allowed to be dickheads yeah i think it's fine to have them learn a lesson and to you know succumb to uh, you know avengers sure. versus x-men was a great story i loved that story sure and and that was basically you know cyclops corrupted by power kills professor xavier spoiler alert yeah. you know like a bunch of these things the they split the phoenix force into six parts six x-men get it and they all turn fucking evil basically because they're they can solve every problem and they don't realize that they've been corrupted until it's too late this is a similar kind of concept but whereas that story unfolded over the course of three months this is unfolded over the course of three years yeah right and that's that is too long to to be following the adventures of people who are basically right. like at the end Dickheads. of the Dark Phoenix saga would have been like, oh, she killed an entire planet. No big. No big. Exactly. And also, I yeah, that too. <laughs> but especially be, for me, especially because it feels like a dangerous place to be when you have such a metaphor that's tied so closely to civil rights. You know, that is a a euphemism for the gay struggle. It's a euphemism for Black Lives Matter. It's a euphemism for all sorts of people who are downtrodden in this world. Well, for equality movements. For equality movements of all stripes. Right. And So saying that one side is better than the other is... And also having the people who are the downtrodden become dickheads. I get it. That can happen. We have seen that in the world happen before where the oppressed become the oppressors. But to have it happen this far down the road and then them not learn any kind of valuable lesson for three fucking years of comics is kind of brutal and 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 to in in some level of defense of the thinking behind it like some of the storylines that marvel has come up with to deal with the x-men keeping them the feared and hated yeah, yeah. minority or whatever like they've basically committed ge- like <laughs> yes. genocide yeah. against mutants like multiple times so of course if right. that's if yeah, you yeah. if you're operating in a never-ending story where that's a thing that happened you know it it maybe it, it makes sense or whatever it does. but it's it just like Absolutely, yeah. To me, as a reader, I read these types of comics because they it's like good guys fighting bad. Well, I like right. that. And it's and never quite that simple with the X-Men. Of course. But like the X-Men shouldn't be bad guys fighting bad but with, or like it, but exactly ba- and good and, guys who think they're better than you or right. whatever like it's and not to a certain extent there's that argument with superman too where it's like well why doesn't he just fly over and snap the joker's neck why doesn't he just do all of these things that he should and it's like because he's supposed to be better than that that's the whole point that's why i read comics is to see uh, these situations resolved by the best version of this it 
it's an escapist thing where you can see the ills of the world played out in pantomime and resolved by a force that doesn't need to result, doesn't need to resort to being the lowest common denominator in order to get it done. But also they can be the best and they're willing to take personal harm. They, you know, they're, it, it's hurting them to do these things. Right. They're self-sacrificing. And that is important to see that in the world. I mean, especially for kids, I think it's really important to see in the world that like, hey, you should be a good person. Yeah, totally. And just to have that reinforced on a regular basis by reading superhero comics. It's, I think that is the greatest part of superhero comics. I Self-sacrifice for the greater good. I agree. As as one who who grew up, uh, sort of bullied and whatever, like I I think it's no no s- surprise that I gravitated towards like a, a work works of fiction where good guys yeah win you exactly. know like where good guys stand up and are counted and yada Correct. yada yada. Anyway, these new X Men comics, these two from today, are I think the best ones that yeah, I've read agree. in quite some time. And they're also full of fucking wacky bullshit. So Yeah, there's get a on lizard it. guy who has the power that's the opposite of Dazzler where uh this is in the X Men comic where he turns light into sound and he's called the Woofer. <laughs> uh there's like Firestar kicks ass in that comic oh, in a I'm in a, a major huge, way. Huge fan of Firestar and she gets a real like everybody back the fuck up moment yeah, which yeah. is great she's like everybody's gonna get a sunburn <laughs> <laughs> the yes yeah, it's like but that oh man that fucking x-force comic is so fun it's just so fun like the yeah. old man omega is like so great and like the stuff where yeah. the beast like they take the evil beast to this like cartoonish extreme that's like yeah, yeah. amazing my probably the only <laughs> comic i've ever read with omega red that i thought wow that guy's cool yeah yeah like that was know, that know. was a very cool moment with omega red in this comic yeah there's a there's a lot of great stuff and the art's really good and the writing is fun as someone who was a fan of the stupid 90s cartoon i always i always had a soft spot for omega red sure yeah uh, and you know, I I also love a good cartoonish Russian accent, so <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. Anyway, we've gone super long this we time. Have. But oh, don't forget your Troy McClure action figures. Oh God! Also, check these out. We got the, I bought one. We got these amazing Troy McClure action figures in this week, and they are super sweet. They're so good. I got the Fuzzy Bunnies Guide to You Know What action figure. Yeah, it is amazing. But I want all of them. Some They're of the b- best Simpsons figures ever made. Yep. Uh, anyway, that's it. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Rate and review us. Tell people about it. Buy stuff at CoastCityComics.com. Follow us at CoastCityComics.com or at CoastCityComics on Instagram. Follow Bob at DollarBinge. And we will see you next week. Yes. Bye. Good night. Bye.